0: Hi, I'm Dr. Gil Wilshire. I'm a board-certified physician, surgeon, and reproductive endocrinologist. Welcome to my series of podcasts where we discuss medical matters that matter to you. I'll be interviewing top experts in their fields, and we'll also be delving into fascinating backstories from deep within the world of medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Gill Show. This is where we talk about medical matters that matter to you. Our guest today is Dr. Joss Fernandez. Welcome to the show, Joss. Hi, Dr. Gill, how are you? I'm doing great. What a, what a privilege it is to have you here. Joss Fernandez is uh, a medical doctor. He's a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. Uh, he has so many credentials and, and such lengthy training, it's hard to pigeonhole you. Uh, but I will just call you in general. You're a cardiothoracic surgeon, is that
1: correct? That's right. Yeah, my main practice is cardiothoracic surgery, but I also practice vascular surgery in yeah.
0: yeah, that's. What I mean, you've got so many, uh, so many talents and so so many uh, skill sets. So, help me understand what a cardiothoracic surgeon actually does, Joss. Everybody's heard of open heart
1: surgery. What well, what is open heart surgery? So cardiac it's called cardiothoracic surgery because not only vascular peeled away from it a while back now you're starting to see the thoracic part peel away is that kind of like the lung
0: stuff yeah that means lungs and esophagus and esophagus is thoracic right okay so,
1: so cardiac means you're dealing with the heart uh the most common operation is when we do bypass you know people talk about triple quadruple bypass called a cabbage
0: a coronary artery bypass graft right Cabbage.
1: So, yeah so you would take uh, in general you take a piece of vein from the leg or also it's usually a combination of different tubes that we're taking vein from the leg and artery from but back behind the breastbone or an artery from the arm all those are common. Oh, so, you, so you
0: can take out an artery from the arm and use that as a graft as well. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're essentially reperfusing, or I want to use terms everyone understands, you're bringing good blood supply to a heart that has poor supply, blockages in various places, and you can get around these, these blockages. Is that what
1: you're doing? Exactly. So the, the arteries that feed the actual heart muscle – are called coronaries. And okay. those coronaries, when you have a blockage in them, they prevent the heart muscle to get oxygen and, and perfusion. So oh, when there, someone it. says
0: they're having a coronary, what they mean, they're having a coronary artery blockage. Exactly. Yeah. And it's called a
1: coronary. Okay. Yeah. And so what we're doing is rerouting. We're just taking that tube where we wherever we got it. We got it from the leg. If it's a vein, you have extra vein artery in your wrist. And then sewing one end to the main pipe, of the body which is the aorta okay and then the other end to the blocked artery beyond the blockage beyond you know, it. just beyond it and then that'll get that will take blood from the aorta down into the the heart muscle and okay. relieve the and the heart's a lot happier that way
0: right so how do you determine whether you want to whether an intervention a cardiologist one of the cardiologists will thread little tubes up through the groin or whatnot and go in open these blockages with balloons i believe that's called an angioplasty <clears throat> when would you do an angioplasty versus a full bypass
1: that you would do yeah so that's a source of confusion there's two specialists uh, one is a surgeon like myself and then the other one is a medicine doctor which is a cardiologist and the, their training is completely separate mm-hmm. so the cardiologists are able to string wires up into the corner itself and put in stents, which are little metal cages that prop open the artery by they pop open and open up these partial blockages. Yeah.
0: And how about when they put balloons in there? Is that called angioplasty? That's
1: called angioplasty. Usually they're bo- both done at the same time. So you're using okay. a balloon to stretch out the stent or you're ballooning before you place the stent or the stents mounted on a balloon. So would you be, when it's when it's too so
0: when would they would you be called in to do something when it's so bad that you can't do it it's it's a bigger blockage
1: yeah everybody wants um catheterization and stent that's because it's simple easy it's an overnight stay it's a puncture wound in the wrist or the groin either way um but if there's so many blockages in a lot of places and if the blockages are especially at the most important artery in the front of the artery called the left anterior descending artery, the LAD. Okay. Um, which feeds a lot of the pumping chamber.
0: That's the big feeder.
1: The big feeder. Okay. Or something called left main, which is the widow maker. That's mm-hmm. the artery that not only feeds the LAD, the artery in the front, it also feeds the circumflex, which is the artery on the side. Okay. Okay. Um, or if you're diabetic and the diabetics sometimes don't take the stents very well, they, they uh, re re them. Okay. So basically uh, if we're, if you come in and you have blockages, multiple blockages, you're likely, you're healthy enough to live five years. So we wouldn't consider it necessarily in a 95 year old, but, uh, you're going to live five years and or if, more or more. And, and your blockages are bad enough in multiple areas that you would require multiple stents if it's a left main widowmaker or proximal or close to the front of the, the artery, the LAD, okay. um, or if you've already suffered heart attacks where your heart's weakened, then we prefer bypass. Okay. The reason is bypass is a huge risk up front. It's open heart surgery. Gotcha. But oh, Now, let's say what open heart
0: surgery is. They make an incision in the skin. You take a saw and you go through the breastbone. You cut the breastbone in half and you, you pry it open. You've got these retractors that hold it open and expose the heart and the whole center of the chest. Yes. yeah, so that's, I can see because that's a big up front surgery to get there. Yes. But then you can do more repair once you're there.
1: You get more blood supply to mold parts. You can do a quadruple that get parts to all you could do five bypasses if you had to but you'd get blood supply all parts of the heart and it's more durable Uh, less likely that you would need further down the road and the real catch is it's more likely to preserve the strength of the heart long term versus if you do a stent then down the road you need another stent down the road you need another stent the squeeze of the heart can weaken over time versus a bypass that's the advantage but the huge disadvantage that everyone recognizes it's it's a big operation it's a massive operation sure sure gotcha Mm -hmm. so you
0: pay me now or pay me later yeah gotcha so that's it now how much of your day-to-day work is is open heart? 25% 50% of your work of your workload
1: about 50%. About yeah.
0: 50 So you're spending a lot of time doing yeah. those.
1: And the rest is uh, vascular, which is the same. It, it's the same concept, but it's blockages in other areas of the body, like neck arteries. So the same. Do you do
0: surgery on neck arteries? Yeah. Carotid. You do that too? Yeah. Those are those are called the end Yes. Ah, I didn't know you did those as well. Boy, you're busy. Yeah. Being double, double trained. Oh my goodness. So, um... When you do an open heart, is that, that also allows you access to the inside of the heart and the workings of
1: the heart. Right? The valves, yeah. The
0: valves, yeah. So that's, of all the things to go wrong, valves frequently have problems too, don't they?
1: Right, yeah. So sometimes we have to address the valves. Those are diagnosed with echocardiography, which is an ultrasound using the jelly on the surface of the chest to look at the heart. So you yeah.
0: you say, hey, you, Mr., Mr. Mrs. Smith, you have a, I think the mitral valve is one of the more common valves that go bad. Uh, I saw a woman today with what's called mitral valve regurgitation, where that valve goes bad. So if a valve is starting to fail, I mean a valve that opens allows blood to go one way. The heart contracts, that valve closes, and so this is this way the heart is pushing the blood in one direction. And if that valve fails or leaks, obviously you don't get an efficient pump. So um, I know mitral valve is a very
1: common problem. What can you do for the mitral valve? Yeah, so there's valves or passive flappers. They're supposed to get pushed open by the heart when it's pumping and shut to keep the blood going in the same direction. Uh, They can either leak. That means they don't shut all the way. So it's kind of like a turkey baster. You pump one, but you get some of it back. That's yes. not good. And then the other way they can fail is they're too hardened. The flappers, it takes a lot of force to get them open. So they're tight. They're tight. And gotcha. That's called stenosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the regurgitation is a leaky valve. It just doesn't shut all the way. And there's different reasons for that. In the mitral position, they tend to leak because they are um, become, with certain disease processes, a little bit baggy. And the cords, the little uh, parachute cords that hold it in place one of them can tear and so the flapper actually flips up that's uh, called prolapse and that'll let blood go back into the lungs in the mitral you're keeping blood going from the lungs to the heart and if it's going backwards you'll become short of breath
0: i see so when do you how bad does it have to be to, can you replace a
1: mitral valve you can replace so the uh, we rate it mo- mild, moderate, severe, and there's okay. different criteria for that. And also your symptoms dictate a lot. Uh, the mitral is, uh, fortunately, we can repair a lot of those. Ah. Uh, so that means, let's say there's a little tip of it that's flipped up. We can take a stitch and tack it back down. Ah. And or if the valve, is, the the um, area around the valve has been Stretched apart so the fl- the flappers quite don't quite meet. Uh-huh. We can take a ring and cinch it down so those flappers meet more uh, closely. Bring it back
0: together, strengthen. Yeah. Is yeah. that that's called an annulus?
1: Yes, and yeah, annuloplasty is when we cinch it down. So you can repair a mitral valve. So you don't have to re- repair that at all. Yeah, our goal is to repair like ninety uh, percent of mitral valves. We're you know mostly realistically, it depends on the population. Gotcha. Um, there's uh, Certain diseases like rheumatic fever or you know, you have strep throat when you're a kid and Uh well, forty years later your valve is destroyed by antibodies and those become Uh, thick. That long, forty years after a childhood infection, yeah,
0: you can still have symptoms. So we're sequelae, we call them side effects. Yeah, side effects. So
1: yeah, you wanna that's why you don't want strep throat for a long time that's unaddressed with antibiotics ah so that's rheumatic fever if you've had so in the age of antibiotics we don't see it as much but if you're in an area where there's a lot of uh rheumatic fever and your valves bad those are really hard to repair so your percentage of repair will be lower than if you're just using doing um, degenerative valves or valves that are baggy and and tear
0: so in order to get in and do a, a valve repair you have to open the chest this open arm and I assume you need to stop the heart so you can work on it. So what keeps the
1: blood pumping in the body? Yeah,
0: what keeps it keeps them
1: alive. Um, the heart lung machine is an amazing invention that made cardiac surgery even possible. And it does what just what it says, heart and lung. So the heart does two things. One, it, it pumps, right? So it's a pump. It's a centrifugal, magnetically elevated, pump that just uh turns the blood. Um and and there are problems with that because you're destroying blood if you're mechanically compressing it and so the something.
0: longer you're on the machine the more it, it chews up the blood. Chews cells. up the blood. Yeah. Gotcha. So you don't want to
1: be on it too long. Uh then the other thing that is intimately associated with the heart is the lungs. So we're not able to isolate just the heart and work on the heart by itself. We have to isolate the heart and lungs
0: you have to keep oxygen coming in too. so you have to pump the blood and keep the, it oxygenated
1: yes so the oh. the machine has an a artificial lung that where the blood gets pushed through it and they literally pipe oxygen through these fibers that oh my goodness are transferred so you see on one end of the tube it's bl- dark blood deoxygenated. on the other end it's bright red blood that bright
0: red yeah wow so that's a whole world unto itself, the heart-lung machine. There's perfusionists. There's people that spend their lives yeah. specializing, just keeping that heart-lung machine going. Now, on the other side of the heart, where it's really, uh, the part of the heart that pumps blood through the lungs doesn't have to pump as hard, but the side of the heart that pumps to the body, that's the strong, high pressure side, right? Yes. So
1: there's two, are there two valves on that side that can go bad? Yes, there's two valves. The, the left side pumps to the body. It takes it from the, the lungs and pumps over the, right. the right side pumps to the lungs. To the That's lungs. all it does, which is a lot
0: low, lower pressure. System. So where are the valves on the right side under the high pressure side?
1: The, well, the right side I mean, is I mean, the, the left side. I got yeah. confused. Okay. Yeah. The left side is the high pressure side is the mitral and the aortic valve.
0: What's the aortic valve? Yeah. So the aortic. Now, what can you do for the aortic valve? I mean, I know those can can be replaced
1: yeah so it's the opposite for the aortic valve so we're trying to repair most mitral valves okay in the aortic side most all of them are replaced it's really hard oh, to wow. repair the aortic. there are some techniques to repair it but for the most part if you need an aortic valve done it's going to be replaced
0: replaced now in the old days of open heart surgery you'd have your your choice, I guess you still have your choice of various valves. Are there artificial valves? And I know there's a maybe a pig valve. Can you tell us the difference between them, please?
1: Yeah, there's two categories of valves. The metal valve is also called mechanical. The metal mechanical valves are nice because they last a long time, 20, 30 years. Uh, in fact, I took out a, um, one of the ball, cha- uh, they used to be ball cage valves. Yeah, I've seen and, it. It's and, a cage
0: with a ball. The ball literally yeah. floats around in the cage. Yeah. It looks like
1: uh, something you would see on like your dishwasher or something. Yeah, or your toilet. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the uh, So I took one out that was 44 years old. Oh, my goodness. And was pub- it all crusty and stuff? It looked, still looked it pretty looked good. It looked amazing. Wow. It looked amazing, yeah. Uh, but that was – we published that. Um, uh, so the mechanicals are long-lasting. The two disadvantages, major disadvantages you have to be on blood thinner
0: forever forever
1: forever forever. and there have been some advances there's a new valve that doesn't require as much blood thinner but you still have to be on blood thinner and there's been two trials looking at the new types of blood thinners where you don't have to check your blood level
0: yeah the pills you see on tv yeah those both
1: failed so Ah. so you have to be on the old rat poison Warfarin, warfarin, cumidin. coumadin, or coumadin yes. as War- it's called. Well, yeah, the, there yeah. are
0: there are coumadin clinics. In fact, where they just check people's uh, how long that their clotting has been lengthened. Yes, we call it thinning, but we're actually lengthening or lowering the clotting potential of the blood. Yeah, you have artificial valves. You know what? Tell
1: me about what are these pig valves
0: they've had for years.
1: So the the other category is tissue valve, and a tissue valve is uh. For the most part right now, is just pig or cow. Or cow. Or cow. We have both. Um, and uh, those are nice. Well, let me back up. One other bad thing about mechanical valves is uh-huh. they, they make a noise. They do. They click. They click. all oh, forever. Forever. Well, so the patient stops hearing it. Their brain shuts it off, but their partner uh-huh. hears it forever. So yeah, you have to sleep next to a person who clicks. Yeah, it's like an old clock on the wall where it's just like that second hand, it's just like t- t- ticking. Yeah. And uh partner hears it forever. But something, but, the, reasons, person, but the, the person with it stops hearing it. First, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Their brain wow. just shuts it
0: off. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: So like after a couple of years, you're like, Do you hear it? It's like, oh, I don't hear anything. And the wife it's like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I got to
0: sleep on the couch. <laughs> oh, I got a separate bedroom now.
1: I'm just waiting for it to stop clicking. You know <laughs> <laughs> so you're in trouble if it stops. But
0: So you can make this valve. Now, the aortic valve, let me say this again, is the valve that shuts off out of the heart into the aorta. So this is under high pressure. This, this Super is, high pressure. This is yeah. super high pressure. This is what keeps your blood pressure going. Right. It shuts the blood off at the aorta going
1: up. Yeah, there. that's the highest pressure in the body. So, the tissue valves don't click; they're pliable they're made out of cow or pig um and uh they don't require blood thinner they just an aspirin uh baby aspirins enough so the The downside is durability they don't they're not as durable so they're probably twelve to fifteen years if we're being honest now you know if you're looking at the data and we're like, well, who actually had to get a new valve or something like that you might be able to extend that over 15 years, but 12 to 15 years is about right. Gotcha. the The downside is the younger you are, the less durable, less long lasting the tissues. For some reason, younger people chew up valves faster; they calcify them. Huh. so the older you are, they last longer. It's the opposite of what you want. So
0: the- I see, I see. And to do a total valve replacement requires this open heart surgery. Now. A couple, maybe a few years ago, they built a whole new wing on the operating in the operating suite here at the hospital for you and your partner, Richard Millett. And I believe it was designed for you to do this fancy new procedure where you can get around the open-heart surgery to replace the aortic valve. Would you tell us about this amazing technology that you uh, now perform?
1: Yeah, so that's, uh, it's revolutionized uh, aortic valve surgery by far and away. And it's called TAVR, T-A-V-R, trans aortic valve replacement. And so what that is, is the valve, is crimped, it's mounted on a stent, like, just like the stent we talked about for the corners, but much bigger. It's a way, it's the size of your pinky finger. And it's crimped down, and what we do is we, place the valve over a wire that's been placed inside the heart.
0: All right. So you thread, does this go up through the groin? Through the groin. Through the groin. So you thread up. And I got to tell you folks what this suite looks like. It's got all these x-rays and TVs and yeah. technicians and rooms and wires. And it's, it's just, it's a whole elaborate construction here for this, primarily for this one procedure. So through yeah. the groin, you will thread a wire up into the heart. Now, how do you get the wire? I guess you have to go up the aorta and then down up the aorta valve?
1: and across the valve with a wire. You just poke around until you get through the valve. Okay. Between the flappers. You're not, you're not going through the flappers, but between Good. the flap, where the hole is. And then you have a wire. We use a rigid wire. Now is this
0: person person's not on a heart lung machine? No. You're they can be this, awake yeah. they can even be awake so their heart is beating while you're doing yes. this yes yes that's a huge oh, advantage amazing so the patient is maybe sedated a little bit Sedated. Yeah. okay so you thread a wire through the groin up the aorta this major artery over there's an arch mm-hmm. and then you get the wire to come down then you get through the valve
1: through the valve then what do you do then we in general all we have to do is go up with the valve that's mounted on a stent. Um, and Collapse. so it's collapsed. skinny,
0: it's collapsed, it's contracted, it's a it's small contracted. diameter. Very small. And you thread that bad boy up and into the aorta,
1: uh-huh. and then you release it. There's two ways to release. There's two valves. One is you release with a balloon, a balloon blows up and stretches the heart, the, the valve. So you've got the old
0: valve. It, it might be tight, might be damaged, might be calcified or something. Yeah. And you literally expand it or crush blow it. it. Up. You crush it open. Out of the way, yeah. Out of the way so now that's out either so now you've got an open tube
1: yes and then what do you do well there's the stent and inside that stent is sewn on a cow valve
0: a brand okay brand brand new to you yeah. cow valve
1: right and that'll pack down and then open up it'll well, open up as soon as amazing. you. amazing yeah now there is one the, the other type of stent uh you don't use a balloon you just extrude it out of the cat it's trying to open up by itself because of the warm blood then you just pull the catheter and it extrudes out so you don't have to use a balloon it opens
0: itself so it makes a tight fit yeah. And now you've got a brand new valve right, right there
1: so when we're blowing a balloon up we do have to drop the blood pressure in the patient and the way we do that is by using an electrical conduction with a pacemaker and make the heart beat hundred and eighty times a minute which is very inefficient it doesn't have time to fill uh, and so at that point the blood pressure just drops uh, so it induces a low blood pressure by we're making it beat so fast that it can't fill and that gives us that because you, last thing you want to do is blow up a balloon and against a beating heart it's first of all the heart doesn't like that it's a muscle squeezing against mm-hmm. uh, no uh, you know Completely locked out muscle, trying to squeeze, so that's bad for the muscle. And plus, you're, uh you can move the the balloon might move out of the way while you're trying to mm. point, and it ends up somewhere else where you don't want it. It so. has to be properly positioned. It has to be, yeah. That's why all those
0: those real time X rays X rays that yeah. you're taking and watching it in real time. Yeah, to called a, fluorescence. It was fluoroscopy, fluoroscopy yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah, that whole room is designed to do all that uh, to the tune of one point eight
0: million. That's expensive stuff. Yeah. And, you,
1: and you're wearing lead, too. And lead protection. And everybody's against X-ray. wearing
0: lead. So it's a huge production to be able to do this. So you can get, through a tiny hole in the body, you can get a, a brand-new
1: valve in
0: the aorta.
1: Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: What it would be, obviously, depends on how sick your patients are. What kind of mortality are you looking at? Do 10% of your patients die? 1% of your patients die? I, I assume somebody's going to die.
1: They, so that uh, for, depending on a procedure, so uh, a TAVR, a TAVR, so it's l-
0: ta- run of the mill every day TAVR that you do.
1: So our 30 day mortality is less than 0.5%. 0.5. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. So
1: one out of 200.
0: Yeah. And you're treating a condition that, that will, that's essentially lethal. That's going to end their oh, life. Yeah. Not likely to live two years once you have symptoms. Wow. Wow. So that's, a. I would trade that. So I'm going to die within five years or I'm going to die one in 200. Right. That's a no
1: brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do it. Yeah. You know, and plus it's a miserable death. If when you have a tight or the, the flappers doesn't open an aortic valve, you don't just drop. Well, you can drop dead, but yeah. a lot of times you just go in heart failure and miserable oh. and can't breathe and and fatigued. And it's, it's not a, like, a, okay, I'm just going to drop dead and, right, right. and live a great life up to that moment. It's, it won't, it's not so, like that. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I remember when I was a medical student uh, learning about heart failure, learning the numbers with heart failure. It's worse than a lot of cancers. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. So how many of these tavers have you done now, Joss?
1: Uh, well, we're probably uh, like 400. We do about wow. 80 to 100 a year. We've been doing wow. it well for five years, so. Does your partner do them as well? Yeah. he does them and so on. You and so Richard, we do. we yeah. split them up. We don't. It just depends on what day who's the on that is. day. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's amazing. Now, when it, sometimes the aorta, this 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 vessel that's under all this pressure, will sometimes dilate and get big from all this pressure.
1: I believe that's called an aneurysm. Yes. Do you do surgery for those? Yes. So that's another issue is when the aorta itself so uh it gets bigger bigger than it's supposed to be, and it, depending on where you are, it could just rupture uh in the bed. it can explode yeah so the yeah and uh and that you'll bleed out internally, or another process is called dissection, so the aorta is a pipe, the wall of the pipe has layers okay, and sometimes instead of just busting open and rupturing the inner lining tears and blood gets in between linings uh, that's called uh um, dissection. dissection so that's uh a little that's also extremely dangerous uh rupture is immediately dangerous because it's it, it can be fatal right away most people die with a rupture it d- depends on the aneurysm so aneurysms in your chest tend to dissect and then aneurysms in your belly tend to rupture, not rupture. the. Yeah, because yeah. of the make, the aorta is not one pipe made out of the same material the whole way. It kind of changes how much it lasts and that type of thing. But the dissection um, is, uh, is a bad way to die, you know. Uh... Now, would the
0: regular, regular, if there's anything regular about a surgeon, but would a regular vascular surgeon, do more of the, the ones in the lower aorta and the abdomen? Yes. So And you would do the mainly the the aneurysms or dissections in the chest?
1: In the chest, right. Gotcha. So that's the division between cardiac and vascular. The vascular surgeon would do it below the diaphragm or in the belly, and then the okay. back. cardiac surgeon will do it in the chest. Yeah.
0: This could be an emergency in the middle of the night, can't they? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, they yeah.
1: Can be. Yeah, they can be bad. And they happen more frequently. Uh, You know, you talk about aortic dissection, and it was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Most people would say they've never heard of it. But um, people die all the time. John Ritter 3's company uh, died of an aortic dissection, and his wife uh, was a huge advocate for getting cat scans uh his di- screen for them to screen yeah well he was uh, diagnosed late they he came into the emergency room and with chest pain and he thought he was having a heart attack they never got a cat scan and they shot his they so she's like oh wait a minute this guy has a dissection and and wow. it was too it late It was too late yeah so she went around the country you know advocating getting cat scans for people with chest Chest pain, but it becomes a problem. Do you get a CAT scan on every person who gets a chest pain? It's not so clear-cut, but uh, they... uh, And abdominal aortic aneurysms are, you know, very common, too. uh, Albert Einstein died of abdominal aortic aneurysms. Really? Yeah. But that was early on before the Bakey came up with a way to replace it with a polyester tubing. Back then, they would wrap the aorta in cellophane, trying to contain the rupture.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Because the only all their alternative was just to tie it off, which is great. It stops the bleeding, but then you have no blood supply to your legs. Your legs. Oh, my goodness. Um, and most people didn't survive that. Um, some people did, but most did not. So they would wrap it in cellophane and they did his, and then he leaked. The cell phone didn't hold, and they asked him if he wanted another operation, and he said it would be vain to ask to live longer than he has already lived.
0: Oh, my yeah. goodness. What an amazing Einstein story. I'd never heard that. Yeah. Wow, I've got stories as a medical student. I know, And we're going to talk about this with Johnny Adams, our vascular sure, fellow yeah. later on this week. But in the old days... They'd open the belly, I and mean, I was a medical student for some of these. And they would clamp the aorta, this big clamp, and yeah. they clamp it. And I'm holding the clamp. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then they cut out the aorta part, and they right. put in that 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 mesh graft or that tube down there. I've never seen so much blood in my life. Oh my God! The belly just fills up, and I'm holding this thing, and surgeon is sweating and cursing yeah yeah oh my goodness i'll never forget it yeah
1: and and so in the chest it's usually not rupture because if it pops rupture dead you're dead you're not you're not going to make it to them so usually it's dissected when we see you now there are people that do survive a rupture in the chest those are like car accidents sometimes you see that um, so that the aorta tears just partially just enough to leak and you're able to get a stent in there, a covered stent. You don't necessarily have to operate on them. Uh, when it's the, the the part of the aorta that's going down the chest. So I right, look,
0: put an inner tube in there.
1: You put an one, it right. Essentially an inner tube. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just just salvage it from the inside. Uh, so that's a common way to die from um, a, a car accident. A blunt force trauma. Sudden deceleration. So you're... Traveling along 50 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden you stop on the steering wheel. On the steering wheel. <laughs> right. Well, not uh, uh, your heart keeps going because the heart's just hanging in there. Yeah. So it's that shears. Yeah. So it shears right, and right. Uh, and part of the aorta. And the aorta. The term aorta means hanger. Like so something's hanging. So it's the hanger of the heart. Yeah, the, it's hanging the heart, holding the heart. So you can lift the heart up. But the aorta, just the first part's lifting up. The rest is attached to the spine and those uh, those tissues. So uh, so that'll stop when your chest hits. But the rest keeps going. And you get a tear. So that that's a uh, aortic tear. If it's not bad enough, uh, you can get salvaged. If you're Princess Diana, uh, you're not. And then so she had a tear between the attachment of the aorta and the pulmonary artery there's a fetal attachment there that tore mm-hmm. her, and that's that's what cost her her life from that sudden deceleration injury from a car accident yeah.
0: oh, i've heard about einstein and princess die here yeah. wow this is this is fascinating stuff yeah. so now, all, so also in the chest is the esophagus where you swallow food it goes to your stomach, well, it's got to go through the chest, right. in fact. Right, yeah. So do you ever have to work on the esophagus?
1: I, I do very little esophageal work, but cardiothoracic, the thoracic part, they do. Oh. So esophagectomies is part of our training where we remove, an ectomy meaning removal okay, of uh, the esophagus, went mostly for cancer. For cancer. Yeah. And those are cancers that happen when... In the United States, it's mostly because of acid from your stomach going up into esophagus.
0: It's burning it for years.
1: Yes. And then those cells transform and become cancerous cells.
0: Is that the Barrett? Exactly. That's it Barrett's the Barrett. esophagus. So you can actually work on that. Now, also in the chest, and maybe since you're the vascular, you don't do much, but I assume that you know how to operate on the on the lungs.
1: Yeah, so I do do a lot of lung surgery. Uh, so lung surgery is removal, for the most part, lung surgery is removal for tumor. So if you have lung cancer and it's caught early enough, so stages one, two, we can remove that tumor uh, by removing part of the lung.
0: Just that lobe. The lungs the have lung. several lobes each, right? So you can take yeah. a lobe out. Yes. And hopefully get the cancer with
1: it, huh? Yeah. And then it can be follow up with chemotherapy or something like that. But once that cancer is spread to the lymph nodes that are in the middle of the chest or elsewhere, so stage three, four, it um the benefits of removing the original cancer isn't that great. So it's not worth it necessarily. Uh, every once in a while you'll get someone that has a tumor that has spread to the lymph nodes in the middle of the chest. They get radiation, chemotherapy, and uh, they can have a lobe removed uh, because the chemotherapy radiation works so great. Uh, They're getting better at that. They're getting better at that. So that that's a interesting. Have you ever seen um, uh, Breaking Bad? Huh. Uh, so in Breaking Bad, Walter White has lung cancer that's inoperable, but he gets chemo radiation therapy and he's gets better enough that he can have the lobe removed but there's some confusion because he looks at his scan and it looks terrible but it's radiation not the uh. tumor and so he actually ultimately gets uh, his lung resected and does well from that so that's why he lived so long during that uh, uh. A- episode they, they bought him so you know a lung metastatic lung cancer's two-year 15 percent survival uh-huh. Um, so he's uh, he bought time they kept them alive for more serious guess so
0: and we also have another uh, it's a plug for another one of our episodes we're going to be interviewing uh, one of our oncologists here on staff talking about the amazing advances going on in uh, treatment of uh, of cancers and the the biologicals now that they're understanding the, uh, the mechanisms and the pathways and the receptors and the genetics that uh, Hopefully, they'll work hand in hand with you to make lung cancer less uh, less mortal.
1: Absolutely, the immune therapy, immunotherapy instead of chemotherapy, immunotherapy where you use your own immune system to fight has changed all the rules. It's, all the rules. Uh, it's amazing,
0: amazing. Yeah. We're going to be talking to Doctor. Umar Ramadas about that in the yeah. coming weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. Very exciting. Um, now, you also,
1: I believe, put pacemakers in the heart. We do uh, cardiology mostly does the pacemakers You don't, so don't as
0: many pacemakers as they do
1: uh, so what no not as many as they do there's a electrophysiology is a specialty within cardiology that does just pacemakers uh, so those guys put most of what can happen is they can't get the pacemakers through the vein so pacemakers are a pocket under the skin it's a computer okay very much so um with wires connecting to the heart and the way they get to the heart is through the vein of the arm going down into the heart and uh those wires are really a problem they can get infected they can break um they have trouble getting the wires in so every once in a while they'll call us to sew in a wire to the outside of the heart so we'll make a small hole in your chest and take some stitches and sew it right onto the heart okay uh, Whereas but, normally
0: those wires go on the inside, inside of the heart. Inside the vein. They'll yeah. thread up through. They'll go into the heart. You know, they've got a little little corkscrew there yeah. and yeah. attach yeah. it to the inside of the heart. But you can attach it to the outside too, huh?
1: Yeah. So they'll call us to attach it to the outside. That's pretty much, uh, I mean, there's probably a few cardiac surgeons in the world that do pacemakers still in other countries, but not here in the U.S. Now, all of that may be going away because uh, the new, and that'd be interesting episode for you is pacemakers that don't have wires they're just little computers that you put into the heart directly leadless no no lead those are that's revolutionizing
0: so pacemakers. it's going to go like in the heart muscle they insert it in the heart in the heart muscle. and it's got its own little computer and it yeah. controls the the beating. Yes. Patterns. Yes.
1: And you can put Aww. one in one side of the heart, one part of the heart, the other one in another part of the heart, and they will communicate by Bluetooth to each <laughs> other. Oh, uh, it, it's crazy. It's You've crazy. heard of blue
0: snarfing when they take, you know, you go by somebody and they take your uh, address book, right? And they could they could snarf you and actually they change They could your, take
1: your address book. Take oh, your, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they, they won't they, find anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I'm have a worried. life. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cardiac surgeon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried. <laughs> But that's amazing amazing stuff so are there any other procedures or surgeries you do in the chest um that that our audience would want to know about that i haven't covered have we uh, have we we've did cabbages we've done valves we've done lung cancer yeah uh no those are like the the bulk of the surgeries Or your uh, bread and butter that's what that's a keeps, bread and butter
1: keeps you busy um, yeah those are that's the majority of our surgery is going to be that there's either valves there's two valves on the right side tricuspid and pulmonary valves we do some operations on the tricuspid valve so can you fix those two or do you ever replace a tricuspid we yeah replacing that tricuspid it is a problem because it it can clot off very easily because of low flow through the right side or it's, in, it's or in low pressure in the, and that's yeah. deep in the middle of the heart isn't yeah it? and it's all being venous flow so it's not high pressure kind of washing the 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 valve through Uh, so we're trying to try to repair those also you can repair those yeah yeah for the most part they can be repaired except for unless they're chewed away by endocarditis which is infection of the valves of the heart so do you see much endocarditis anymore we do you know what um, with uh, meth users and that type of thing we do see them it's amazing you would think that people don't inject dirty needles, but they do.
0: They do. So when you inject a bacteria, a dirty substance into your vein, it can go to your heart, yes, and damage your heart. Yeah, yeah, it's an awful thing. Yeah. Now, I know there are specialists that do pediatric that work on small baby hearts. I know there are specialists that deal with what are called congenital anomalies. The a person can be born with an abnormally shaped or routed or flipped, inverted heart. Do you ever do much, any of those surgeries?
1: No, we don't do any, not at my hospital, we don't do any pediatric heart surgeries. Now, how about if someone was
0: born with an abnormal heart, like one of these tetralogies of fallow or switched sides or inversus or this guy's, is that something you do or is that something that should be done at a special center that does a lot of them?
1: Yeah, so the pediatric cardiac surgery really is so complicated and they're so infrequent that they need to be done. They're relegated to specialized centers. Where they get to do enough
0: of them and, and get to train on exactly. those very special
1: cases. Yeah. And that's definitely something you want to look into when you're, especially uh, a lot of the diagnosis is done in utero while you're still during pregnancy.
0: And we're going to talk about that with yeah. Dr.
1: Mark Grant. So it's amazing you can do a sonogram
0: of an early pregnancy. Yeah. And the sonogram look at the heart. is so accurate you can look at the heart
1: and then uh, they schedule these and th- and that's the time to look for where you're going to have your pediatric cardiac surgery done and start so you're, your researching So you,
0: you deliver the baby there at there yes and then they can be whisked off and addressed by the pediatric uh, cardiothoracic yeah, Absolutely surgery. that's a way
1: to do it. The last thing that you want to do is deliver and have the diagnosis made uh, at that moment in an extremis and then have to be shipped somewhere
0: in a helicopter and, like right. a, if, and see what you can do. Amazing. Amazing work you do, Joss. So that leads me to, I think this goes back to your, your engineering. Did you say you were a mechanical engineer, undergrad, uh, chemical, chemical, chem, your chem engine. Yeah. Chemie. Yeah. So I was a, I was a chemistry major. We used to call you a chem engines and, oh, and all sure. that kind of stuff. So clearly you've had uh, uh, engineering in your blood and, and how, how your mind thinks. And um, recently I've become aware of a project that you've started that falls under the category of engineering and cardiac surgery and vascular surgery. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up for you here. When we train, we have graded responsibility. As a medical student, you hold the retractor. Then, as an intern, you, you're starting to do some selling. And then, as you go through the ranks, you get to start doing the cutting and, and you're observed and you, you have more and more, more levels of responsibility as you train. And you still have to start on a, on a person. I mean, you. Do, I'm sure there was some person who was the first person I cut with a scalpel, right? Mm-hmm. Right. and in order to train in procedures that are like like these aneurysms and stuff where somebody's bleeding or a trauma how do you get the training to do that right well you could train on a cadaver right but a cadaver is dead their heart isn't beating their blood isn't flowing. so obviously there's a need to train surgeons in a situation where bleeding is more realistic right so though you're cutting something it has to it's going to bleed and it's going to be a much more uh, valuable experience so obviously this has been a problem for a while when when did it occur to you joss that there was a need for cadavers that were more lifelike that actually bled when
1: you cut them this is an ongoing problem that people don't talk about it's the training of surgeons or not just surgeons, anybody that's providing care, surgical care, you know, whether it be uh, uh, a medic in the field or trauma casualty special ops or whatever. Um, how do you train them? And I, I came up, I was uh, in my training, uh, something happened to vascular surgery and that is the introduction of stents and to fix aneurysms uh, which is great uh, and that's called endovascular endo being inside the vasculature okay and so the abdominal aortic aneurysms used to be done like you were talking about you open up the belly you stop the bleeding replace it it's a it's a blood bath it's, it's a blood
0: bath It's a huge bloody mess
1: Uh well, now we just run, re, we reline the aorta with tubes from the inside, just like Taver with for aortic valve. You know, set it up, put a new tube, new new inner tube in there, you fix the problem. So, what happens is you go from 100% open, uh, a trainee getting uh, someone like me getting uh, over 100 aortic exposures to now a trainee done with vascular surgery the average trainee is getting under five open cases in their training
0: versus a hundred in your day
1: right Wow so now you're asking this person to perform open heart open aortic surgery because you still need it it's not like it's gone it's not like
0: there's cases where you can't still, fix it endovascularly. yeah,
1: yeah there's still cases um, and They have no training so when when that started that revolution it was like how do you learn these because the model uh is you just keep stay awake stay up with your attending you know get make them happy take some workload off them you know round for them give put on orders and if they like you they're going to train you more um and you just keep getting exposed, like you're saying, you're always there. Uh, You're going to get more cases has completely changed. Now it's maximum 80 hours a week. Uh, People have to go home. They have family life. They're not... The number of cases aren't there. Uh, There's other issues. You know, people are expecting better outcomes so they they don't want trainees working on them. Um, And how are they going to learn? How do you learn? How do you learn? And and I I tell people... Learning surgery, the hardest part of learning surgery is getting to do it. You don't, it's like saying, uh you, Hey, you want to learn the violin? Sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you can't touch the violin. Uh, you can't practice. Book, right? You can read about it. You can watch <laughs> videos.
0: YouTube it. All right.
1: But the only time you're going to play the violin is during an actual concert. How well would that, that wouldn't go well. That wouldn't go well. But that's surgery. That's what we do. Yeah. Right? You're not allowed to practice it. Um, so yeah, there's
0: surgeries I do that the new trainees have zero experience on. There no microsur- exposure. The microsurgeries I do, there's no very little training going on nowadays.
1: So how do you, how do you learn that? That's, how? It's crazy. That, so it, that-
0: a, What happens is there's these special centers. There's, there's only a handful of places that still do it. Yeah. So you've got this problem in surgery, Joss, where there's getting less, less and less hands-on, less and less time. You know, pilots are rated by the hours, right? Right. Is yeah, we right? don't have that. Yeah, we right? don't have that. Right, so so you. When did it occur to you that there was this need for realistic surgical training models, or or, 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 I don't even know what
1: you'd call them? Well, Um, it's a it's a model. Uh, You know, pilots have uh, flight simulators that they they can put in hours, okay, and and it's extremely similar. But in medicine and surgery. We don't have a flight simulator. So if you look at the industry, it's, it's a billion-dollar simulation industry. But it, it's diverse in that there is no one simulator. And the reason is there's not a good simulator. So I mean, in
0: medicine, it's a billion-dollar industry? Oh, in
1: medicine, yeah. So when
0: did it occur to you, Joss, that you could make a better mousetrap, that you that you could
1: contribute to this field? So it was uh, it. I was influenced by my mentor in Tennessee, Dr. Ed Garrett, who I just happened to be talking to. And he said, you know what? I have a patent on uh, putting fluid into a cadaver to trial devices on. And I was like, whoa, well, really? Let me read this patent and I just read it. And I was like, whoa, well, this is fascinating. Why don't we use this all the time? I understand this is a right. great model. And that's when, Kind of the light click that this is something that could really get us to where we need it, it, it you know if you look at the history of of anatomy and you know back in galen you're talking about uh 800s all that they were they would study animals and they would do animal experimentation and extrapolate what human anatomy was and didn't get all these things wrong and then it wasn't until da vinci and all those guys started doing yeah. human anatomy that we actually learned something so i was like this is like back to the future we just like stop doing animal because there, there are animal you know people practice on animals but it's sure in medical same. school we practice on dogs and pigs and yeah living yeah so there's ethical reasons and anatomic reasons not to do that so the other camp said animals do live animals that's how. That's the answer. So, and, I'm, and I said, in my mind, no. Let's reanimate human cadavers and go that way. You get true anatomy. It's a lot more closer.
0: So you recognize an unmet need, right? It, that's it, the it, key it's against the to grain, success. Though.
1: Everybody at that time said, animals or computer simulations, like virtual reality. Uh, that that's the only two answers, and I no. There's a third. He said, "There's a third way." Yeah, reanimated humans.
0: Oh my goodness! This sounds like Frankenstein. I love it. <laughs> it's a, love little, it. I mean, so it's you, a little. I mean, it's a So, like so, so your mentor or your, your colleague here had this patent.
1: Yes. Boom.
0: And but it wasn't
1: enough. It wasn't complete. It doesn't work. And so, ah, so when there's you, an
0: unmet need.
1: Right, so you put water or saline or whatever, pick whatever fluid you want, into a dead person. Uh, it doesn't work. They bloat. It's like a it, it seeps. It, me, seep- it seeps into the body. Yes,
0: and doesn't provide a realistic blood flow.
1: Right. So it was. Uh, um, so capillaries are the smallest blood vessels, right? And that's where the oxygen gets transferred to the tissue. And until i started looking into this i thought capillaries were waterproof you know of course Blood uh, or bloodproof they don't seep out right uh, why why would they seep out that doesn't make sense well they, they do, have
0: to seep out cuz that's how you get
1: exchange and they have to be teeth. the cells have to be alive uh, to maintain the fluid cuz they have between them they have junctions that are maintained by enzymes and proteins it
0: that has to be alive. Has to be alive as so soon once as you're die, dead that you lose that, and these capillaries become leaky. Leaky, so salt water will not. So you can't pump salt water through a body. No. Add some food coloring and call it a a
1: realistic uh, model or blood, for that matter. So I used to get blood, human blood that was expired from the Red Cross, and pump it into cadavers, assuming oh it's if I pump blood it won't leak. Oh, it leaked like crazy. So all of that has to stay in the capillaries but when you're dead so when you get take a hit to your whatever and you get swelling well that's a natural default state of capillaries from damage Uh, it's not your body's actively making no that's how they become when they become bruise and a damage swelling okay so this is an unbelievable so you cannot pump water through a cadaver as fast as you pump it in it just swell it won't it won't circulate you can't can't have any
0: any lengthy surgery any realistic no surgical scenario by pumping a red watery fluid through the body nor can you pump regular expired blood no it won't work so joss what what light bulb went off in your mind to think hey maybe i can solve this
1: problem so I, i i you know, it was a nagging problem. I, I I was in Iowa when I started working on this and then I was pumping blood through cadavers and we would take them through the back you know, the bowels of the hospital and take them to the operating room and experiment. And it, and then I moved here to Columbia, Missouri and and it it was a nagging, it's like this problem that kept nagging me. It would not go away. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to like, a little time on this and just to see can i figure it out and I, you know i'm reading looking at electron microscopy of capillaries and reading more about the physiology of capillaries and that type, and their makeup and then i came up with some formulations and i took some hearts from the the farmer's market some cow, cow pig, hearts cow hearts okay and some pigs and you know they sell it people eat that. Did you know? Sure, that? oh yeah, very nutritious. Oh, you had that.
0: I've had deer heart, in fact. My my That's, embryologist hunts, and it's very nutritious.
1: And you eat that?
0: Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got to smoke it, and there's ways to make it make palatable. It nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, so I would take it, and I would measure, just because I was I more familiar with anatomy, and I would measure the fluid, and, and finally came up with formulations. And, and I was like, okay, I think I found a pathway that would fix. So wait, wait a minute, wait
0: a minute. So you would pump into the coronary arteries of these hearts? With syringes, yeah. So, okay. So you had to, now, did you do this in your basement or your garage? In the garage, garage. In the garage. Oh, I love in it. The, it's like yeah. Apple computer in the garage. Yeah. yeah you and Wozniak. Yeah, yeah. But it was just you. Just me, yeah. So you had an idea. Now I don't want to know the trade secrets, but you had an idea
1: it's all patented but there are trade secrets so yeah
0: yeah well, you, sometimes you don't want a patent because then you got you got to right. put down what you've so got in addition there's it's like coca-cola soda. there's no patent on coca-cola right. yeah because you don't want people to know what it, what's really in there so in your garage you came up with a formula of a fluid that you could pump into a cadaver into a dead human being and it would circulate through the body
1: well, it, you know, initially it was just hearts. So it would come out without swelling the heart or losing volume. So there was your proof of concept. Proof of concept. So I needed more. I needed a body, right? Uh, so. <laughs> oh, this is so Frankenstein.
0: This <laughs> 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 you waited with Igor and the shovels.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could have used an Igor for sure. So I went to the Humane Society and they put dogs down like these... Oh, yeah, pit fresh bulls. Kids, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, just
0: with medicine
1: so they're not injured. Right. They yeah. euthanized, usually with uh, a barbital or something like that. Sure. Um, and they, uh, so I asked them, I was like, hey, what do you do with these dogs that you put down? And they're unclaimed. And, oh, we throw them back in a freezer. And I was like, do you mind? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can i cut in Glenn? can i have your dance <laughs> and they're like no can no I dance with you a date <laughs> go right away go right ahead and uh so i went back in their freezer and you know you don't want a chihuahua because those are too small to operate on but there's some pit bulls of great Dane, you know some bigger dogs and i would throw them they're frozen hard uh, and I'd throw them in a.
0: That didn't damage up. the vessels. You could still freeze. You, you can freeze them. them.
1: It does degrade the quality of the simulation. You you want uh, that? We learned later, but okay. But at this time, uh, the problem was they put these dogs down kind of randomly, and it, it was hard for me. The timing was off.
0: You get a fresh, right. a, f- a fresh carcass.
1: Yeah. Now, I I naturally would love a fresh carcass, and it, you know, the first of the. The first um, experimentations with reanimation, uh, you know, the most famous ones. Did you have the kites and the the uh, the uh, lightning? the lightning electricity, right? So galvanism, gal, love it. Uh, Galv was yeah, uh, you know. There's two. There's a in there, uh, like this is late 178. Eight, it's like 1790s, 1780s. There are two uh, school songs. There's Volta, Volta, yeah. who who said you can make electricity from chemistry and okay. he, in, he invented the first cell and then, hence we have volts right okay and then there's galvi an italian guy who said no bodies have their own electricity this mysterious electricity and he was making he would make a, a frog leg twitch uh, by touching you know the brass on the frog and volta is like well no you're creating a battery and creating electrostatic electricity Well, anyways, uh, um, Galvey died before his his, he finally uh, it all came true to like what what exactly the cause of the problem was. But his nephew kept going with the experimentation. So, like in early eighteen hundreds, really early, the first decade, he arranged for a twenty something year old uh, murderer, uh, some guy who had drowned his wife, to be hung till death and then immediately taken to the operating theater Ah. and he applied electricity and made the eyes open and and made things twitch and trying to prove that there is some electricity that functions to him in your body anyway so based on those experiments yeah my ideal situation was you euthanize the dog I immediately take the dog while it's still warm and take him to but from a logistics point of view, it was just impossible. So I yeah. I went away. I never got Galvani's nephew's ah. opportunity to take a, a immediate death, fresh yeah, 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 fresh yeah. death. So so uh, we thought thaw, I followed it and operated on it, and then so it was a whole body. Now it's a totally different situation because you're looking at the bowels. One of the the intestines tend to swell the most of any part of the body. And so that was my big concern: is okay, maybe the heart doesn't swell because it's muscle, but the bowels will swell for sure. Okay, um, so I pumped it, and it didn't swell. Oh, so I pumped it for like four hours uh-huh.
0: in my garage. It didn't swell. Eureka! your like, eureka moment. Yeah,
1: it works. So then we uh, uh, started looking into pumps, and I, you know, it was like well? I need a good pump to simulate the heart. So we started making our own pumps um and then the tubing system how do you do that and there's some patents with that and so it, it became more complicated but uh, we eventually got to the point where we went to a human and performed at a human not in my house but <laughs> in a bio skills lab so 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 now it's starting to get real it's starting to get real yeah so now we were trying to scale it and uh one of the the lowest hanging fruit for me was the military because they go through, it, it's hard to say, but maybe 30,000 pigs and goats and animals. To train, to train their surgeons? Train their surgeons or even uh, operators that are in the field. The and medics and whatnot. Medics, wow. yeah. So the That's a huge need. Huge need. And so the number one, survivable, so survivable injury. If you get shot in the head, you're not going to survive, right? Right. Or if you get a blast to the chest, you're not likely. To so we're talking survival things are extremity injuries or, junk, you know, growing injuries where it's hard to put a tourniquet right, on. Right, right. So those are the survival injuries. Well, they're practicing survivable injuries on animals. Does that, that made no the sense. The anatomy's to, not right. It's not right. It's like, okay, you're what? It, like, you're
0: way off. Your artery's not going to yeah. be there.
1: It's like emperor's new clothes. I was like, yeah. okay, I get what you're practicing, but you're got way off anatomy. It's like that makes no sense, right? But there's a tradition of that of using animals. So we introduced uh, the human cadaver, and we would put it out. Some of our first experiments were out in the desert, and we would just hook them up to a, a pump on a battery, and they would go rescue it in a helicopter, the para jumpers PJs which are the Air Force special ops guys and bring it back and operate and all that and so we got a lot of experience pumping whole cadavers that way
0: wow so you've actually been working with the military now did you have to enter a competition with some other there' some other people trying to do this
1: some other entrepreneurs so there is there were a couple people um so the German military had a Competition to you know worldwide. How we, how do we get? We want the best model for perfusion, and so okay. we went to Berlin and we participated. You, you
0: and who? Do you have some uh, some business partners?
1: We have business partner and technicians that work with me. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, with my schedule, it's hard for me to go all these labs. So I have sure. all these wonderful technicians that learn the techniques and are able to apply it without me being there, um, and they teach me too because they. The more they do, they go, oh, little trips and tricks and things like that. So we went to Berlin, and uh, Boonswar is the German army there, and they commissioned this study uh, thinking that, you know, hey, prof- they're pretty progressive there. They're profuse cadaver, and, and they're part of NATO. Yeah, so German
0: that- engineering is famous. Oh, so yeah. they yeah. thought they had a, a good solution.
1: Yeah, so we had some French come and there are people israelis They're you know all over the world they come top and,
0: talent from around the world
1: yeah and we so we were clueless i gave a presentation there was a actual general there like a two-star general uh from their military there and i we all gave pre- i presented our, our data and i got laughed at i was like no that's, ah that's a joke you know this and I was like, why are they laughing? Is there some kind of interpretation problem? Or I don't, Like, I was completely confused. Because it was so good, you mean? Yeah, it just didn't make sense to them. It's like, no, you cannot stop swelling in the dead body. Uh, it's not possible.
0: Uh, uh, they haven't been to Joss's garage. They had,
1: yeah, they hadn't seen it. So we we did uh, the trial. It was a round robin. Nobody was allowed to go to anybody else's sh- uh, show. It was all closed. And then they had groups of people. And the first group came in. They're like, oh, this is wonderful. Next group came in. It was like, wait a minute. this is There's something not right here. This is not the same as that. And they're like, this is, the, the competition's over before it even started. And I was like, well, what are the guys doing? And they wouldn't let us see what, I was in the dark. I was like, I don't understand what they're doing. Right? But, you know, and it finally at the end of the competition, I was like, I talked to the other competitors and they were stuck on water and fluid and they had all these crazy concoctions they hadn't figured out the swelling yet so that changed everything and we were able to generate we can generate pressures and so
0: let's finish fin- finish the thing so you left that competition the winner
1: yeah it hands was, down there was no competition you you so. won you yeah.
0: solved the problem you you kicked everyone's butt
1: yeah from yeah. around
0: the world the other
1: guys were worried about the pump and other issues, they hadn't addressed the main issue. So,
0: and you've addressed the main issue. The, yeah. So now you are on the cusp of, or not on the cusp, but in the process of developing this technology, so that medical professionals can train on truly bleeding. What was the term you used? Cadaver could, could read not reanimated or re, revitalized. What was the word you used?
1: Uh, so reconstituted
0: reconstituted yeah. so you can reconstitute a human cadaver so that you can do surgery on it practice life saving procedures whatever yeah. and get a true learning experience that has that is translatable directly applicable to patients
1: right and and medical device development So a lot of what we do is...
0: ah, it's a model
1: for for other other device development. Okay, so engineers use our model. They never get a chance to ever apply their uh, techniques on humans, right? They're it's all pigs. Yeah, you can't. Right, right. They only use pigs. Yeah. So we we put this in the hand of engineers, and they learn all kinds of stuff. They're like, oh my god, I didn't know it was that hard to do that, or what is you know simple things. They're like, wow, this. This is an eye opener so but the
0: patient's dead the so patient's you're not hurting it so you're just learning right you're just well, learning fantastic. yeah there's no
1: limitation on who gets their hands on it so where our hope is to uh train physicians you know that's the most important goal um speed up medical device development so we right. reduce the time you know an, uh, an average little just a simple Little device is sixty million dollars just to get them easy. I mean, at the low end, right? Right, 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 right. right, And and about twenty million of that is done bench top, and then forty million for human studies. Well, we can we think we can reduce that. We can drop it by two thirds uh, to to speed up development. It's and we have examples of that where we were first in human, not live human, but first in human, Mm. and and then. You can confidently go to a live human because you've been through all those iterations versus a plastic model or anatomy that doesn't look anything like that. And then our third goal is to reduce um, or eliminate as much as possible animal, live animal use.
0: That'll make a lot of people happy too. Yeah. So that's a win-win-win situation, Joss. Now I believe the name of your company is Maximum Fidelity Surgical Simulators. Yes. Fantastic. Well, we'll have a link to that uh, uh, on the podcast on, uh, well, on the, under the description label and, and below. And uh, hopefully anybody watching this video will uh, be able to contact you uh, via that route. Um, well, that's really, really exciting, Josh. So I just want to say that it's just amazing how your training in engineering, medicine, surgery, vascular, cardiothoracic has come together to make you both a, a complete cardiothoracic, cardiothoracic vascular surgeon, and an entrepreneur uh, developing, uh, you know, just just revolutionary technology to advance medicine. So, uh, Joss, I want to say it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Uh, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. It was great. What a pleasure. Thanks for doing Josh. this. These are great shows. So,
0: My pleasure, Joss. Once again, thank you so much. Okay. Wish you all the best.
1: Thank you.